Hello and welcome to Football Bloody Hell, where we're going to be looking back at the weekend's Premier League action. Um, there were some massive 1-0 wins to take in, and for once they didn't involve Burnley. Um, so I'm joined by Green Street on the line today. How are you, mate? Very well, thanks. Still recovering from Saturday and yesterday, but... I'm here. I was going to say Sunday's uh, Sunday's the the, the main uh, the main day of uh, of uh, celebration, I should imagine. Um, but um, I'm sure we'll come to that shortly. But uh, yeah, alluded to at the top, it's uh, one of the one nil wins. But I'm sure we're going to chat about. Um, Steve's not with us this week. Um, the celebrations took a, took his toll uh, on him over the weekend, so he will be he'll be he'll be joining us via a monologue about the Spurs Arsenal game um, later on in the show. Um, but uh, but for now, it's just a real lads, me and you, Cowley. Um, so how about we start? I've got an idea um, where we're going to start with the favourite moment <laughs> of the weekend, but uh, hopefully you're not going to surprise me. I'm not going to surprise you, Mike. Um, and it was. A super Sunday yesterday, indeed. Um, obviously, uh, the weekend results before that hadn't really gone our way. Yeah. And all, we watched most of the Huddersfield game, and that was a terrible result for us, and it put us in the bottom three. Um, and I'm sure most Newcastle fans were thinking, point best to get this from this match, not expecting a result. But what a great day, what a great game. Um, I mean, looking at the team sheet before, Dubrov. Dubrovka, um, new keeper. Don't know yeah. really much about him. Like he's, as Doug, I said, alluded. So looking to be playing like just from where he was at. Done like the other games he's playing against. Now he's starting against Man United at home. Um, St James's Park. Um, yeah, he's, not, he's not really started many games for Spot of Prague, has he? I honestly don't really know much about him at all. <laughs> no, um, he really hasn't. So, I was just hearing a bit about him earlier, and he's like, yeah, I think he started like. 11 games for them in it, like since he was bought at you know 2016-17 so like he's you know it's a, it's a, it's a bit of an odd one but he, he had a hell of a debut like didn't he oh yes yeah. so, I like obviously rates him but like just thinking oh, I didn't expect him to start on them but great game. like a proper keeper um, great saves made some brilliant save but just coming out as well like um, yeah. for crosses he was confident and caught the ball obviously man you're a big side but he dealt with every ball that they put in just brilliant but like everyone was class it was just I mean the scenes when Richie scored were just mental yeah. we hadn't seen like them scenes for a while and it's just it obviously hadn't won at home for ages so it's just when that went in just it was just when I think it was when Sanchez missed that like chance I was like it's going to be our day we started really well the first half pressing them and he couldn't make two passes and just nah. I mean everyone in the park I mean like two I'm going to pick out like Shelby and Diarmi Diarmi who everyone slated um and of a few of us hadn't um, last month for to six weeks he's been our best player. He's like he's turned into Pat Vieira, man, from being shite <laughs> to to Vieira within six weeks, man. Last few games he's been class, but Shelby who man match yesterday like just des- deserved it. It was brilliant as well. Like if you look as a neutral, hadn't watched a game of football, it's like which combined centre midfielders worth 140 million? The army or Shelby or bloody Pogba or uh, Madge. But yeah, just just what a day, what a day. Yeah, you're, you're um, right on that. Uh, like, Shel- I think there was a, there was a time. I think in the second half where I saw Shelby make three big tackles in about the space of about forty five seconds, like to, to a minute. It was yeah, it was I mean, yeah, it underlined him really and what the whole team was about yesterday. That, that's it with Shelby. Normally, obviously, you pick out his balls, he's passing, he's belly on it, but just his mm. tackling his worker yesterday was just class. Like, I just wish like obviously seen more of these to do that. Like the army, if the army's a player that he's been the last month to six, like. 
to what he had. If he would, wouldn't have like probably been in a situation, it would probably pick him a few more points. Him playing as well, but like literally everyone's singing his name now. Like every song, nearly every other song is the army song. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just like defensively, sells class. Like should be getting England call it, man. Um, I was saying, I think that that game sums up. Like when you look at Chris Smalling and Phil Jones, who will yeah. probably get call ups again. That's and, it. and you look at the other end, and you look at Lascelles, and and how brilliant he was again. Like the, I know he has a massive impact. He, he he he's not just an individual good defender. It seems to me whenever I've seen seen you lot play, he just he, he organises. He, he yeah. leads. He leads the line. He he, he gets the rest of the defence um, on their toes and playing properly, which is like it's a uh, it's sort of not not rated that much. And but it's surprising how many professional footballers you watch, like experienced centre backs who don't organise a back line. Yeah. And to me, it's just. It's so important. He's a, he's a massive, yeah, he's, massive he's a player. Leader. Like he's, he's a great like, captain. Obviously, we had a bit of a doubt maybe start of the season, but this season he's been brilliant. It's just obviously bigger clubs will be obviously look, probably look at him now and thinking like if you look at like the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea. If you're watching his performance, if he keeps on playing like this, um, which is, we, want, we want him to keep playing like this, but oh, they'll be obviously sniffing around um, looking for someone like this. So yeah. Well, it's not a bad problem to have if 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 they do come sniffing around, then you're probably going to be in a decent position, aren't you? Um, yeah. But I yeah. thought, yeah, I, I think him cough and quite a bit if it is. yeah, and and Lejeune around him. I know he's had his his uh, his hairy moments, but coming yeah. back into the team, he, uh, yeah. I thought he was excellent. But yeah, like, again, the, the number of the number of blocks he was a the two of them. off with us at the start. Of the like he's been playing, he hadn't really played many games with ourselves, so he played him and Clark, and they hadn't really worked together, but. Yeah, and he's been obviously been on the bench quite a bit, but now I mean he was great yesterday again. Um, obviously it's helping having Lascelles next to him, so I reckon we'll yeah. see that partnership. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was cracking. Was... I, well, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it from a from a neutral perspective, but like should have had a pen as well. Uh, it should have had uh, a pen. Like I, it, it, I, I reckon the only reason that Craig Pawson's not given that is like it's clearly a foul and he would have yeah. known it's a foul yeah. but he's not sure at the time whether it's in inside the box or not That's and it, it's yeah. like it's easier for him just to give nothing yeah, rather yeah. than making that decision it's uh, it, was, it was yeah it was, it was a bear yeah you're right on that exactly it is it's easier to not give anything than like oh is it a free kick or a or a penalty um, I mean Gales I don't know what he had to do to get a penalty He's been fouled. Quite <laughs> a f- like a few obvious pens. I remember. I think it was, it was a stoke. Such an obvious pen. I think he like he went over too easy in one of the games, and I don't know. The rest have been looking it up, but there's a couple which have been obvious pens, and it's just not getting them. And yesterday again, he knew we got a foul, but well, you know, he still contributed, didn't he? Like he obviously got the. Uh... Got the knockdown yeah. for the for the goal, and then that, they, those clearances, that that double that double block towards the end. Oh uh, yeah, just <laughs> was out. Right behind, really like well. obviously behind in that stand, it just it felt like it was a Martial that fought twice. I was thinking the first time he's got a goal the second time. I like bloody yeah. he missed again. I was like, that's um. But anyway, Matt Ritchie's first goal this season. Yeah, crazy. Can you believe he's had so many shots as well. So many shots. <laughs> No, it was um, yeah, it was it was a well worked well from your well from your perspective yeah. as well. I mean, you'd be pissed off for United from like a just like a a, a, a clipped a clip free kick with not much of an angle on it to concede from yeah. that. Well, but the best um, thing about it on the subject of diving last week, it was did you see Small and dive? Ridiculous. Oh, it's nuts, isn't it? That's where it comes from. He dived. We got the free kick and we scored off it. So justice. Yeah. <laughs> justice for the real lad. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that, Cowley. Um, I'm I'm glad you brought it up. I knew you would, but it was a, 
Yeah, I was going to say, even from a neutral perspective, it's so great. Obviously, I have a soft spot for Newcastle with, for all you lads, but like, it's great. I just love watching uh, a performance like that, like defensive organisation and commitment and, and just like controlled controlled aggression, I think is the word there, really. It's, it was so tactically disciplined as well. It's so satisfying to see. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely everyone in, in that squad did their job, and it was uh, yeah, I was uh, I, I was very pleased for your chaps, but it's uh, yeah, it's a a cracking a, a one 0 win as as you'll see really. Um, I'm going to move on and just um, I'm afraid to say I'm going to tip the hat to um, one of the uh, one of the teams down there with you um, who, who we've mentioned early um, Swansea. Um, we've given them a lot of stick over the last uh, uh, last year or two, really. Obviously, go from Francesco Giedlin to yeah. to Bob Bradley and the whole Renato Sanchez affair and 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 so on and so on. Um, and to be fair, when Carlos Carvajal came in, like having been sat by Sheffield Wednesday, um, I yeah, I, I slated him and thought it was just an absolutely ridiculous appointment on a par with when Burnley appointed Brian Laws in in the Premier League several years ago. Um, but to be fair to him, they've gone from rock bottom to getting 14 points from seven games and, and taking them out of the relegation zone, which I did not see coming. I've got to be honest, I didn't see they got any goals in the team. Um, I didn't see anything really in that Swansea team that, that would lead me to think they can they can go on a run of results. But uh, whatever he's done so far, the new manager bounce, like, it, it's worked. Whether he can continue, I, I don't know, but it's, you know, it's a... It's a hell of a hell of a change um, for Swansea, and uh, I think it's uh, yeah fair fair play to Carvajal and, and Swansea. I, I didn't think I'd see that um, at all um, uh, uh, a couple of months ago. So um, yeah, bit of a bit of a shock, and I think uh, for once we we should give Swansea a little bit of a, a little bit of credit. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, he turned it around, hasn't he? Um, doing a great job so far. I, I, I was up, boy. I watched. I don't know what. I, I watched Swansea not was it not County that played last week. Um, yeah, eight one, wasn't it? So I was like, Wednesday it was Wednesday night. I was like, oh Tuesday, I was like, now on the TV. I was like, oh, I'll go and stick it on and watch a bit. And there was like four one half time. I was like, oh, I may as well continue eight one. So <laughs> yeah. plenty plenty of goals, but you do feel I felt sorry for for Notts County, like, but yeah, it's it's one of those I, that can happen in those FA Cup games, can't it? Like if you're playing a Premier League team and just everything clicks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're clearly from, from somewhere. They've got a load of confidence, and uh, and yeah, yeah, fair, fair play to them. Even with the burden of Ronaldo Sanchez, they're they're they, you know they're they're working their way up the league. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think... Just one one thing on that game as well. I, I didn't realise Alan Smith was still playing football. Uh, <laughs> came Crazy, on thirty-seven now. I think years came on. Like I don't know why he's meant to be playing. Like maybe the attack and mid, but every time he got the ball, lost it in like a few seconds. Um, John Stead and Sholo up front. Yeah. Great, great to see. Youthful great team, to see. Yeah. Oh, John, well, John Stead's got a cracking record in the FA Cup. I've got, I've got a lot of time yes. for John Stead. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, from his time at Ipswich, but uh, yeah, can't could, could never head the ball or right. he didn't have a first touch, but he was always thought of as a target man. Um, and he is not but you know like um yeah it's uh it's one hell of a combination but uh yeah um anyway from premier league players of the past we'll, we'll move back in the future um anything before we go to our main topic cowley from the from the media that's particularly uh particularly riled you or or tickled you in the last week yeah more like tickled us um i had a bit of riled as well just um i'm not didn't see it happen but um, from all accounts, it's um, got quoted from Paul Merson. Um, thought I'd give him a mention. I think he was saying about Aubameyang, saying the Tottenham like 
defence won't really know much about him. Even though they played yeah. four times in the last, played Dortmund four times the last two seasons, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he uh, scored against them this year, didn't he? He has, yeah. He scored against them like, a few <laughs> times as well. It's like So he's played against them four times within two seasons and scored against them. I think um, they might know a bit about him and like all the scouting that they do anyway. It's like, what a stupid, stupid, ridiculous comment to make. Not like, again, just not doing his homework and like, easy thing to say and then because he's playing a different division but just do some bloody research man he's just he's just he's just a bit dim really isn't he i think yeah. that's that's all we can say on that like yeah we'll keep on he'll keep on giving i'm sure he'll keep popping up every now and then uh in this particular section of the show but uh he um, will he yeah, will i think uh, easy uh target, a, a, yeah a big bet Big bag full of salt um, to take any comment from, from that man's mouth in the, in the same bracket as Garth Crooks uh, at the moment and just, just looking for the clicks and, and cheap views. Um, I'll go along, uh, um, not exactly the same path, but uh, someone who will be up in this in this section fairly regularly. Um, some of you may well have seen uh, Neil Custis uh, towards the back end of last week absolutely kicking off um about uh, not being invited to the launch of the new england kit um so he branded it an absolute joke um that nike nike's pr team didn't invite him um a couple of things amuse you about this firstly it was really nice to see nike's pr team just pie him uh, which which is great to see but secondly neil Custis is like a senior football writer for the sun a national newspaper what on earth was he going to write about the launch of a new kit, like a new shirt that footballers wear? What the hell was he going to write? It, it, I just, I just could not believe it. It just struck me straight away as someone just like gutted that he missed out on like a free lunch and a free do or whatever. And it was just like, Neil, write about some football. Don't write about like a fucking shirt that changes every single year, has the yeah. same badge on it, and like it, you know, it, it's it's going to be a white shirt. What the hell are you going to write for a national newspaper about that? Um, and uh, how how incensed he was that that Nike had the temerity not to to welcome him with open arms to the launch um, is is beyond me. But uh, yeah, Neil Custis, uh, I'm sure will pop up again. But um, but 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 yeah, fair play to you, Neil. Focusing on the important issue. Yeah. Uh, this week, I, I will add to that. Um, talk sport, like had it obviously debate and foot, like people ringing in about the new kit. Stupid, oh, but um, I don't know if you listened to any or heard about. No, I haven't. No, it's just like Durham saying, like, oh, we should, we should wear, we should wear red. Like white associated with like, like the white flag surrender, and it's like. What Jesus you on about? It's like Germany playing bloody white and do bloody great every tournament. <laughs> yeah. Like what are you going? He went. We won it when we played in red. And it's like, we'll play a bit iron red. And it just, like, what you, I don't think the colour of the strips is going to make any, I mean, that, that is a definition of a slow news day, that is, surely. Oh, yeah, definitely. And people are ringing up, man, saying, oh, I agree, like, definitely agree. Red's got to be the way <laughs> forward. It's like, the design's got to be better. White's just boring. It's like, who lads. wakes up and thinks that, or just like yeah. think, ah, oh, lads, I cannot get to sleep at the moment. I've got to get this off my chest. Why, why are we still playing in a white shirt for England? That, that's it's... it. It's just obviously nothing to talk about that day. Nothing yeah, happening. Christ. So let's, let's yeah. Put that I'd, as a debate, I'd, but... I'd rather they got Costas on. He usually kicks off when he goes on talk sport. So that would be <laughs> that would have been good air. Um, but but yeah, enough air time for him. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on to to the main topic. 
we talked about one of the the great wonder wins of the weekend in in detail at the top of the show um we're going to talk about the north london derby now now steve um is as i say still still coming down from the celebrations after the game um he went missing around the wembley area he is alive um but he's recorded a, a monologue for us uh, remotely um uh, around the game so steve i will let you take it away and hold court hello Stephen here um, really unfortunate. I couldn't join the pod tonight, but couldn't resist um, recording a little message um, just to give my tuppence worth on the Spurs-Arsenal game, which I was very fortunate enough to witness firsthand at Wembley. Um, so a couple of points I would want to make. Firstly, it really amazed me that in the first half, especially, Arsenal set out so defensively, kept it compact, stifled us. Um, and it was, although it was frustrating as a Spurs fan to watch us trying to unlock that door uh, without success in the first half, um, it was almost like an acknowledgement that we were the superior team. And, you know, so often there's the shoe bin on the other foot um, where we've basically clung on to a point or. Uh, attempted to, to go in there and you know you know catch something on the counter attack, but now suddenly the tides have turned. Arsenal have turned up, shown us an immense amount of respect, um, and that is especially after making you know supposedly a couple of superb signings to fill the void left by Sanchez, um, and which leads me on to my second point, which all that hype around Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan. And actually, you know, what 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 did they what did they produce? Well, Mikatarian was terrible, and Aubameyang was anonymous. Um, just goes to show that you know, and I, and I did say this um, prior to the game. I did say it was going to be interesting to see how um, those those creative players would fare up against a proper defence, um, as opposed to Everton, who you know were an absolute shambles against Spurs. And were in absolute shambles against Arsenal as well. I think one pundit, and I can't remember who it was, um, said that playing against Everton was akin to playing <laughs> with a, against an open goal. Um, so yeah, with a, with a proper defence, um, those players were pretty much neutralised. And do you know what? To be fair, um, I've watched Aubameyang for um, a few seasons now in the Bundesliga, and it is consistent um, with his record there uh, he you know rarely turned up against the big boys um, and arguably could be called a bit of a flat track bully scoring plenty of goals against the mediocre to um, poorer teams in the league but actually when it mattered when it comes up against the Bayern Munichs didn't really deliver now I spoke about the defence and I'm a third and final point because I want to keep it brief because it is now gone 11 o'clock and I really am absolutely famished and I want my dinner. Um, but even though defensively we were, um, for the majority of the game, really solid, in the last few minutes we could have thrown it all away and I would have been absolutely devastated had we done so, by the way. Um, but it led me to... Uh, to kind of point out that really we've been without Toby out of Irold for you know quite a lot of the season, 
and it, you know, we really have missed him um, because Sanchez, um, as decent as he is, always seems to have that defensive error in his locker every game, and how he's allowed Lacazette to, you know, get around the other side of him to have that final chance that Lacazette spurned wide, I honestly do not know. But, you know, with Toby, we look a completely different outfit. You know, I think Toby and Jan in the centre of defence are arguably the best defensive um, pairing in the league. Um, might be a big claim, um, but, I, you know, I'll stick by it. Um, those were really the three main points that I was interested in saying. Um, I am feeling very smug. I'm feeling very, I'm feeling very uh, self-righteous. Um, it, was a, it was a great day. Um, and long may it continue. And hopefully we can secure top four, um, push Manchester United for second place, and hopefully Arsenal miss out and play in the Europa League again next season. So, Carly, I just want to pick up, we've obviously heard from Steve um, and his thoughts on the game. Um, you know, take, take with a, a slight pinch of salt, uh, uh, obviously a very, very in favour of Spurs, um, that game. But um, I, I sort of, I, I certainly see where he's coming from. Uh, a lot of the game, I know uh, Steve talking about um, Arsenal, Arsenal really setting up very defensively, uh, sort of negatively in that in that first half, reflecting that, you know, it, the, the shift in power in North London. It, and, it, and it was very much like that I thought I don't know about you but I thought, I thought first half um, Arsenal Arsenal were alright they, they were in the game obviously Spurs had more of the game but like Arsenal like Elneny Wilshire and Xhaka they, they got about what is probably the most the best balanced midfield in, in the league in Spurs and, and they got about them didn't give them too much time um, and, and and there was a, a genuine general lack of quality um, with the passing and the final balls I think for both teams in that first half and I think I think Arsenal would have been been quite happy with that, but I don't know if you saw it, but the second half, yeah. I have no idea how Arsenal came out like that. It just suddenly, Spurs lifted it, to be fair. Spurs played like they thought I thought they would have started the game um, with a high tempo and, and coming at Arsenal, but the space that Arsenal allowed them to, to, to blow the ball in their half. Like If you look at, at Kane's goal, Ben Davis has all the time of the world just to just to just to amble forward with the ball, take or take five seconds to, to pick his pick his spot and, and stick. What is a great cross? But if you give any player in the Premier League that amount of time, that then they're going to put a decent ball in. Um, and exactly the same happened a couple of minutes later when when Camus an absolute sitter should have scored. So I, I'm not quite sure what happened with Arsenal at half time. Um, and it could be you know it could be the manager then, but who knows? But like. They were shocking coming out that second half and just did the complete opposite of what they needed to do. I, I thought, I thought they, you know, they, they were lucky not to, to lose by a few more. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched the game. I think probably Arsenal going in that game after beating Everton five one, um, yeah. albeit it was against Everton. Um, but just going a bit of hope. Really, they've obviously done done well in past years at Wembley. Um, and obviously going five against Devon of the new signings, a bit of hope going to the game. Um, so I think they thought they were going to get something out of the game. Um, first half, yeah, it's a bit different there of Arsenal. It looked well organised. 
Um, defensively, uh, it was a bit flat from Tottenham side of things. And I, I said, from how Tottenham started the second half, I thought that's what they would have went the first half. Um, so there's no really chances created, was it? Tottenham didn't, first half, didn't really have any clear no, chances. just so many few poor half passes, weren't there? There was, poor passing and uh, like poor final ball or, or even the ball before the final ball. It was just really sloppy, wasn't it? Yeah, and I thought, I mean, Arsenal thought started all right. Um, a couple of times he were in good areas, but kind of counter-attacking. But final ball, um, I think they had one which it got given offside. I'm not sure if it was offside or not. Great ball by Ozil. But apart from that, Mkhitaryan was really, really poor. Um, he, got, he found himself in some good positions, but rushed it. Um, made over past cro- crossing, crosses um, Bamiyang he didn't really I think Steve has said he's watched a lot of German football not myself um, I think he goes a bit missing in the bigger games mm. uh, obviously started off well uh, yeah, last week but again I guess you could say that service wasn't really provided to him um, so I mean First half, they'll be happy because, like I said, Tottenham didn't create a chance. They didn't really create any real chance themselves. But um, I, I don't know what Wenger said at halftime. I don't know if we keep it the same. We'll we'll get a chat. We'll get a few more chances. But like I said, the first five minutes, uh, Ben Davis getting that amount of space and then great header, great play. But like, yeah, Kane um, goal that not so even one 0 leads. And then from that, uh, Arsenal didn't respond. Um, it didn't respond well at all. It was just it got over random midfield. Then Belly, I thought, had a really good game, um, and couldn't really cope with the midfield. And then Kane probably should have had another one. Um, and it could have been like three or four. Checkmate yeah. did make some good saves, but again, I think he got man the match from uh, uh, some journalists. But all he did make some good saves his passing was fucking dreadful oh it's now, hilarious wasn't it yeah. I watched it in a pub with some mates it was just like every time he got the ball it was just like my god surely he's not going to take yeah. oh he has taken another touch he's going to try and take one it was, just, well, he, it was it, several times that happened didn't it yeah. really weird I mean one time he did Kane didn't he but like you don't want to be watching that man like, not obviously the time he, he passed it it wasn't really the angle wasn't really on No, it was a di- really difficult ball and it's like again after that every time he got it he Wanted to take an extra touch. He's he's gone check like he's not the keeper of what he was. Um, no, he's a good. So, he's a very good keeper now, but he's not like he's yeah, not he's, another he's level a that he was keeper, before, was he? Nowhere near class. the level he was obviously at Chelsea. Um, he just a lot of mistakes are going in his game. But yeah, just it took till Arsenal what the ninetieth minute to have a really good chance in the game, and that was through Lacazette, and he should have scored. I think the last. That's chance yeah. of the game, ninety third minute, and great ball. I've got to play the babies also, but um, it was a better, great ball, and he got the score really. Um, yeah, I was like, I, I was surprised. It's one of those like I don't know if it's just like lack of you know lack of match sharpness, but like you yeah. think like take it on your left foot or your outside of your right foot. You know what I mean? Because it that will open up the angle and make it easier for him. But like it, it's tough take it on with the yeah. with the side of the right foot from from the angle he had. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, it it would have been it would have been it would have been unjust if if Arsenal oh. had nicked a point at the end like there. It would have been yeah. <laughs> it would have been ludicrous. It, it, would, it wouldn't have been deserved. Or like I said, oh, Tottenham should have scored. Um, should have scored a f- few in the second half. Um, yeah. Had the chances, just couldn't finish it really. But uh, disappointing. Like, uh, Arsenal fans going that game and going five past Devon, and then just not really causing any threat till like the 90, 90th minute really. 
Um, yeah, I mean that that could just show us how utterly shite Everton are. Oh, moment. it does. But, it um, does, of course. But, but you're right. Yeah, you'd think they'd go in with a bit more confidence, and they were right that first half, and then and they just completely disappeared. Right. I think. And just to, to Steve's point as well, like I think he's talking about Aubameyang being a bit of a flat track bully. It'd be interesting to see in the long term how he sort of fits into this Arsenal team because he's not the he's not necessarily one to get involved in all the intricate build-up play around the box, you know, like a Giroud would, would you know, would allow to flow through him. He's a very much play on the shoulder um, sort of player. Is obviously, like, we saw him saw him offside and, and, and like that on a number of occasions trying to do that um, against a very well-drilled Spurs defence. But, um, yeah, it was a... I think it was a, a clear a clear difference in class in that game, really, um, and just underlines how how uh, you know Arsenal's Arsenal's decline. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, um, just on Spurs though, um, individually and, and looking forward, what constitutes success now? Do you think for Spurs? I mean, they'll obviously have a bit of grace. They're moving into the new stadium, so people you know give them a bit of leeway um, with regards to that and, and you know and, and, and silverware, but. Will consistent Champions League qualification be enough um, after a few years, Cowley, do you think? Um, do you think they really need to step up to, to the next level and either win a trophy or, 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 or get right up there again, challenging like they did a few years ago for, for the league? Um, I think going this season, I think quali- Champions League qualification would have been fine with most Spurs fans. Obviously, I haven't got, you have Steve probably guess probably the same thing I'm not sure um, just with going to Wembley um, and obviously hadn't played too well at Wembley in the Champions League last season so I think this season the transition season between obviously the, the grounds I think Champions League would have been fine um, again next season um, again going to a new stadium um, I, <clears throat> sorry Champions League again I think they're in the minute and miles away, obviously from City. I think everyone, everyone is at the minute. Um, yeah. But I think because I what Pochettino, how long has he been there for now? Three years, four years. Yeah, some along those lines. Long, yeah. Um, I think well, he hasn't won a trophy yet, has he? So I think he's he's got got to go and win a trophy, even if like FA Cup. Um, I think they'll do all right. I've got Juventus, the champ. They've got Juventus Champions League. Um, they all stopped the pick the form, so. Will they get through that? I'm not sure, but I'm not going to say they're not. I don't think they'll if they win it again. A few clubs who are a lot better, but I think you've got to look in a, um, to uh, like not next year, year after. You've got to be competing um, for for the league. Really, I think one of the major factors is what's going to happen with Kane because he'll want to win trophies, um, and you've got to do sooner rather than later. Um, so he, you would think, if they don't, if they're not competing, not win anything, or there's links there with Madrid um, and other clubs. So you'd think he, he'd want to win something. So it's keeping him happy as well. So you want to be competing. So I think with Tottenham as well, in terms of some of the signings, they, they spent like, for example, like Sissoko spent thirty million uh, more. I don't know how he's how he's going to cope. How he's going to do, but this. Some of the signings he have made are, are, have been good players, but they're not that level they need to win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, in past years, really, um, I think they need a, really a couple of more like 
I say world class, but can they attract that kind of player? But something that's going to give them another level. Um, really, I think it's interesting. That... You, you talk about Kane potentially moving though. I think I think he's the one they don't have to worry about. It's hard. It's hard to to say that for certain. Obviously, we know, we don't know these players, but like he seems like you know the the links to the club and and his commitment to to, to the club. He, he strikes me as someone if there is such a thing in in this day and age who would be more likely to, to stick with his club and, and, and you know, um, and, and not necessarily be, be, be swayed up elsewhere. But I think he's very much in a minority, no matter, you know, no matter how, how, uh, you know, how, how well players are playing for them at the moment. I think there will come a point when, you know, this will become a serious consideration if, if they're not kicking on to, to the next level. And it's very hard now because they've done so well. Um, but um, but 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 it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting couple of years for Spurs now. Now they're really established as as one of the top four teams in the league. Really, I would say. Um, now it's where, where do they go next? Um, yeah. and I think Kane will stick around, but it's uh, I th- I it's think who he they does, have around like, him, isn't he's, it? He's not one for moving, but I think he, he he does want to stay with them. But it's just how long does he wait? When does it, where, are they going to constantly get the Champions League? The thing is with Tottenham, I think for me they've got the best defense when everyone's fully fit. Yeah, definitely. Um, and only the best striker, if not in the world, probably. Uh, out and out striker at the moment. So, what needs improving, really? Um, like, people like Ericsson, Ali, good, really good players. Ericsson, quality, but something else was missing, I guess. I've had a really good week, and like, they got a draw against Liverpool, beat Man U, beat, beat Arsenal. So, it's a great week for them. Seven points there from them three games. It's just, their home phone's great. Like, great last season really good this season it's just the away form lets them down a bit and points where they shouldn't really be dropping which they have um, but yeah, yeah of just... course look, look back a few years in the 5-1 thrashing at, uh, at St James's Park yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it's uh, yeah we, uh, we shouldn't really be picking picking natives in, in Spurs at the moment they're, they're, they're a cracking team to watch and, uh, and it's nice to see a team building it up properly obviously they spend money but you know when, when you look at the other teams at the top of the league and, and how they've they're trying to buy teams. Um, Spurs and Pochettino are clearly building something which I think a lot of people appreciate. So um, yeah, certainly from my point of view, it'd be it'd be great to see them kick on and uh, and win something and, and challenge again. Yeah. But um, but that remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, just before we go, Cowley, I just want to wrap up on a, a bit of a retro section. Um, I was uh, I was looking through things today and um, and saw it's um, it's 20 years since Michael Owen made his debut for England, um, which um, apart from making me feel incredibly old, um, just just shot a bit of a spark. And I don't know about you, but I, I certainly had um, a poster of Owen. I wasn't a Liverpool fan, like, but like when, when he first broke out onto the scene. Um, into that Liverpool Liverpool team, he was a superstar. Like if you look when it when he first came in, in into that Liverpool team, he finished top scorer in his first full season, um, ninety seven ninety eight, and then was Liverpool's top scorer from ninety seven through to two thousand and four. Every season, top goal scorer, and he was just he was just electric. He was exciting. He was he was so quick, um, and so clinical. Um, but seeing that he made his England debut this week in, in 98, it, it just got me thinking of, obviously that was in the build-up uh, to, to, to the World Cup in France and, and that game that we all 
we all remember him for really um, against Argentina. Um, now I remember that was that was one of the first games I was allowed to stay up for. Um, I think my parents must have seen extra time coming. I was about like yeah nine or ten at the time and just had a quick shower at half time and then uh, then then drying off for the second half. But like I remember that goal so clearly, just like just like doing like pretty much the, the entire Argentine midfield and defence and, and just leaving them in his wake and a and a brilliant finish. It was like it was rare that you get a, an England player just like electrify um a tournament and have a moment like that. Um and it was it was just it was just incredible. Obviously he was called Michael and had the same hairstyle as me as well. So that, huh. that obviously that obviously made a big Is difference that, that for the, way you the got time the picture, as a kid. Yeah, the poster. I mean, I won't lie to Cowley. That was that was partly the reason. Um, it was, you know, one of those free centre folds in Match Magazine or whatever back in the day. Um, but he was, he was just, he was just brilliant. And like you watch him in the Premier League years now, like when he first broke through, um, him and Fowler, and, and then Heskey later on, and he was electric until those hamstring, hamstring injuries really robbed him of that pace. Um, but um, but 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 yeah, like uh, uh, as an England player at that time, um, I just I just have such fond memories of that of that match and and just 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 how we how how he he lit up a whole tournament there yeah. with that that one moment. I wish I was there. Um, wish I was born to see it. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to make the gag, Cowley. We've <laughs> done it were. too many times I before. But you. but I imagine that was the case, and that. Yeah, I remember that uh, quite well. That that goal. Um, I just remember get, picking up the ball. Great touch, um, like outside of his foot, and then just took him on and took it to. I was like, "Go on!" And then obviously, great, great goal. Um, great memories that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I hate the guy. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, that's the flip side. I, I liked him up until he actually came to us. Um, I mean, for Liverpool, he was brilliant. I just remember a few games. One in particular against us, he scored a hat trick in the first half. Like we couldn't deal with him, like just so quick, and like absolutely done our defence. Um, game over by like I think half an hour or something. He scored a hat trick, um, and then another like another game I remember was the Arsenal FA Cup, where yeah. Arsenal should have been like five 0 up at half time, and then he singly handily won it for them. Scored two great goals. Um, one, I think he absolutely done Saul Campbell. Um, so he actually won that, won the FA Cup for them. But he did really well for that. One odd thing about his stats, he never scored 20 goals in the Premier League. Hmm. Yeah, weird, was isn't his that? highest. Um, which, strange, strange that you'd think he scored 20. But did all right at Real Madrid as well. I remember watching a few games and his goals for actual minutes were all right. And then made his move to us. And again, he started off well. Again, minutes to goals were really good. And then I was actually at the Tottenham game. It was 2004, New Year's Eve. I left here at like three o'clock in the morning for a 12 kickoff. <laughs> um, we played absolutely terrible. Uh, I think like Shola are looking at the open goal, but Michael Owen obviously got injured at like on the 45th minute. And I was just thinking, oh, this is awful. Getting beat like 2-0, bringing on like Shola. I was like, Happy New Year. Fuck's sake. And then, yeah, he didn't. Again, like, he obviously went down with us, but the amount of games he played and the amount of money that he was getting a week, um, just a prick. But it's, It is such a shame for me looking back that like that second half of his career, it just sort of descended into to that. And there's like, there, there aren't that many people that, that love him. Yet when yeah. you look at, like, his, you know, the first half of his career and, like, 
the incredible goal scorer was not just for for you know Liverpool but for England as well. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just, it's just so weird how he's now just such a derided, obviously for like that second half of career is in his attitude, yeah. but then but then also just like, obviously like it, it, it's uh, unfortunately comes to light that he's the boringest bastard <laughs> and one of the worst commentators yeah. around. And more people remember like when you think of Michael Owen, you think of that that advert when he's going over to buy in a helicopter <laughs> um, than uh, than any of his great goals, which is a shame. Yeah, um, it is. As, I mean, know, just... as a kid, I remember. Uh, absolutely being enthralled by him but um but but uh yeah that's uh that's the way it goes in football sometimes isn't it yeah people remember i mean this, this guy scored a hat against germany man but yeah uh, he remembered like no one likes him now i mean i used to work for bt a few years ago and people quit man people quit bt because he's commentating like, <laughs> michael owen true true story but yeah just i it was great, obviously. Well, first I'm sure. Injuries. I'm sure he didn't. Yeah, I'm sure that that's one of the worst things he did in his career, Cowley, just inflicting that pain on you it those did. years ago working yeah. in a B2 call centre. But um, that that's probably as good a place to leave it as any. Um, thanks for thanks for joining Cowley, um, and uh, obviously thanks Steve for your, for your little monologue. Enjoyed that. Um, we'll be back again uh, next week to, to to cover all the action from the Premier League. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at FBH Weekly Pod um, and. If you like what you hear, then do feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. But Cowley, uh, thanks for your time, mate. And we'll be back again uh, next week.